I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you stop. like. What a stop! Shots for Ben! Oh! Jordan Henderson! Jordan Henderson! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it, it's been... We're, be we're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance, flat. No. Well, I mean, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he's... Say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions. Hello and welcome to the Friday Football Podcast. Or is it still called Friday Football Podcast? We, we've had this every week anyway. So I'm, I'm still going to call it the Friday Football Podcast yeah, you came in anyway. A, came in a bit prematurely there. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. I've not got my cue yet, have I? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> up with you boys yet, Dave. You know, I'm not, I'm not in your level yet. So yeah, well, I'm delighted to be say, I'm delighted to be joined by Dave McIntyre. Hi, Dave. All good? Great. Yeah. We've had an interesting week. We've had a great week. I think it's been a great week, actually. It's been a great week for, um, particularly the Champions League. You yeah. and I were at Leicester against Sevilla on Tuesday night. What an atmosphere, what a game. It doesn't get much better than, than those nights, does it? Yeah. Well, I've been doing the Champions League for a while now with yourself, and a lot of people, they'd say, Where, where's great to go? And the game that stood out for me the most in my short career uh, as a Champions League commentator was the last season semi-final when Atletico beat Bayern at the Allianz Arena in the second leg. It was just unbelievable but Tuesday night rivaled that mm. for this intensity of the atmosphere yeah it was just amazing yeah it was wasn't it and even before the game we we we, we, were, we were we were there very early we, we were out alongside um, or around the pitch seeing the flags we, we, I think you knew you got that sort of feeling prior to the game when we lead up we lead up to the game outside the stadium the atmosphere managed to saw uh, to see Kasabian um, which was a bit of a thrill As in for me. You saw Dave. him walking down the street. Yeah, saw him walking down the street. <laughs> I, I was going to ask him for a selfie, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to come across too sad, so I left it in the end <laughs> anyway. So yeah, um, yeah, it was me and what's his first name? Me and from uh, Kasabian, lead singer of Kasabian. Anyway, didn't 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 go and get the selfie in the end. And but, but I was just saying, the buzz around the ground was it was superb, wasn't it? What it, yeah. what an atmosphere leading to. And, and you sensed when we got inside the stadium when we were pitch side prior to the game. That this was going to be a special night. I just felt it, and some nights you feel it, and you know, if Sevilla would have come away and won the game, you, you come away, you maybe you're not mentioning this, but it certainly felt it to me going into that game. What an atmosphere, and what a result we're going to get tonight. There was everything to it. Even after the game, even at the end, there was a real edge in the stadium, wasn't there? We were walking past the Sevilla supporters yeah. who were, as they always are, the away fans are being told to stay back for maybe an hour after the full-time whistle, but there were there were coins flying through the air, bottles flying through mm. the air. As many of the Leicester fans as possible stayed back to we, talk We were them. calm, though, Dave. We were very calm well, around it. We were calm, but we stepped over the hoarding onto the pitch to, <laughs> to walk back to the press room. We weren't going to walk directly past them. We were calm, but sensible. Yes. Yeah. But um, over the two legs... I don't think they deserve to go through, but they poured so much into that second leg that it's very difficult to say they didn't deserve it. Probably, yeah, I'd probably, yeah, I'm with you there. Actually, I mean, they, Sevilla I had enough chances wise, to win the leg tw twice over. Yeah, first leg quality wise, you could see that Sevilla had better players. I think they had a better, um, a better system that they were using. They were creating chances. Missed two penalties. Exactly that missed penalty in the first. Was it Correa in the first game missed the penalty, and then um, and Zonzi. And Zonzi in the second, of course. I think, I think I think that sending off probably had a bearing as well. I know they got the penalty after the sending off, but Nasri sending off in the second leg as well. I think they they, they were they were right on the ascendancy then, weren't they? Sevilla, they were they were going for it. They were mm. they were really going and testing Leicester out more he so was than the, the centerpiece of, of it all, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he what, was what, dictating what everything of the incident. Yeah, the sending off. 
I think Nasri's misread the situation. I think a lot of people have misread the situation. Nasri wasn't sent off because of Vardy's reaction. Yeah. This, the referee gave the same sanction to both players. Yes. So it was just that Nasri happened to be on a yellow card. If Vardy had been on a yellow card, he would have been sent off. Yes. So it wasn't Vardy that got Nasri sent off. The referee, I thought, handled the situation mm. perfectly. He booked both. Like, why was Vardy booked? I think Vardy was trying it on, though, Dave. He, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's a slightly separate part of the debate for me. The first part is, was Vardy responsible for Nasri being sent off? No, he wasn't, because they both got yellows. The referee was disgusted with the two of them, flashed a card at both. Out of the two, Nasri just happened to be the guy that yeah. had been booked earlier in the game. Now, the other part was that Vardy was cheating, and there's absolutely no question that his reaction was ridiculous. Yeah. And um, had it been... The part of Nasri's point that I do agree with is that had Vardy been a foreigner that he would have been given both barrels by the English media. Yeah, and that maybe highlights the fact is from the Leicester, uh, sorry, the Leicester, the Barcelona PSG game from last week, when, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, certain criticisms have been uh, thrown at uh, Suarez, at um, a few Barcelona players, diving, uh, conning the referee, all this sort of thing. It's maybe highlighted again with it. Um, I, I still, I get it, but, even when I was playing, Dave, it, it, it always sat uneasy with me. I, if I was Vardy, looking back, I'd probably be a little embarrassed. I would be a little embarrassed by his reaction. But I do would. you think he is, though? No, not at all. I wouldn't think not he at is all. for a second. I'm talking about, from a personal point of view, I, I've been in instances like that where I've gone I've gone square on with someone. You would have done it yourself, whatever level you would have been playing at, Dave. I don't think I'd have done that. I wouldn't have done it. And that's I don't think I wouldn't have done it. I never have done it. So now, he didn't hit the deck. No, no, you know? no. He didn't fall down but the and force roll around. The, the force wasn't enough to throw him back oh, like no, he did. Oh, no, it wasn't. But like it, I've certainly seen players react in a worse way to a nothing headbutt. Yeah. I've seen guys collapse, clutching their face as if they've had their nose broken in two. Vardy didn't do that. But yeah, the, le- the leap backwards was... Was more than theatrical. It was it was childish, really. And he tr- he he was attempting to get Nasri sent off. Yeah, I don't think he got Nasri sent off. No, I know. I but, think you're right. But you're he right. was definitely trying to do that. Yeah, you're spot on with reading that. It was exactly that. We saw the yellow card straight away to Nasri. We saw the two yellow cards dished out, Nasri and Vardy, and the referee again. It was one of those they come together. Nasri didn't need to get involved in it. Nasri, there was a bit of a push, wasn't there, from from Vardy yeah. that set him off. But once he got involved and they and they've touched heads together. The referee then has just given them a yellow card. It's almost like one of them lads, go on, get off, get on with it. But because he's on a yellow, no no option for the referee. And that was that was kind of it. But that definitely changed the course of the game, I felt. And I think then there was always going to be one winner, I think, from there, wasn't it? So the Although situation has moved on. The Ranieri situation has moved on. You and I have had a couple ah, so of rounds on air over this. Come, no, gonna, well, gonna... maybe this might just finally be the end of this Ranieri oh, debate. So you're going to put me to bed, is that what you're saying? Well, we might put the debate to bed. Are you now changing your position whereby you feel that the board at Leicester City have made the right decision because um, you were so publicly I, against I under, the decision I, they made I'll still stick with my point and I'm sticking to my guns on it Dave I understand that the reasoning behind it I understand that the players weren't necessarily playing for him I understand that Ranieri wasn't probably doing the thing or, or the things tactically to get the best out of the players I understand all these things so how was it not the right decision then um Dave, I don't think there's anywhere to go in coaching and management if you do what if if the club have done what they've done. But that's the fact, though. That is the reality. There is no sentiment in football. No, I get that totally. No sentiment 
I mean, that's been there for, for a long time. That's not a new thing. And I said it the other week, people that's going about saying that football's lost its soul because of this decision are deluded. <laughs> that's that's total ago. crap. Because, yeah, exactly. It, 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 went, it went a long time ago. If there ever was any, that's the thing. But... Um, it was easy. I, it, it sits talk, very uneasily. You're not old school, exactly. But no, you know you're. I just and you're only just out of the game a couple of years. But the, there's so much finance, financial uh, incentives to be in the Premier League. It was, wasn't the case. It was easy not to sack Ferguson those years ago because United weren't really missing out on a pile of money by not winning the league. There was no European football at the time because of the Heysel ban. So they weren't missing yeah. out on the riches of the European Cup at the time. Even if you were in the European Cup, there was very little money in because it was a straight yeah. knockout. There wasn't the riches from the, the group phase of the Champions League at the time. And so while United say, oh, we're not a sacking club, look how we stuck by Ferguson. Far easier to stick by Ferguson in that those circumstances mm. than it is now. Yeah, and you're looking at it from a total neutral point of view. So I, 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 I do take your view on it. I do, and I, I respect your opinion on what you're actually saying. But... I've sat on coaching courses, and I've been I've been on coaching courses where where we've had lectures on how do you keep a job, what do you do to 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 get a job, what do you do to stay in the job, how do you try to to develop the side when you talk all the talk of philosophies and all this sort of thing, which you know I think that's absolute load of crap. The philosophy has got to be winning. If you're not winning, mm. you're not going to you're not going to stay in a job anyway. When they, when you say how to stay in a job, is that outside of just the footballing? Yes, stuff? outside of football like how and to stuff. play the game. Yes, how to to work the political side yeah, of things, how that. to managing impress up, the suits. Managing up, yes, that's the one. Okay, ma- so ma- what kind of stuff were they say? I've said ma- to you? Managing, managing up is, 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 is as important as managing down. What do they mean down. when they say that? Managing up is basically keeping everybody happy. Okay, promoting the suits board, and the board members. Boardroom level, um, all, all these sort of things. But the 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 point is, it's it's right, so you've got you've got a manager here who has achieved the ultimate, and yet... He's, he's, he hasn't been performing this season yet, and I'll take that on board all day long. But what aspirations, or what, what can a young coach now aspire to? Are you aspiring to win a Premier League, which it's be of above and beyond virtually every coach, every manager that's ever going to that's ever going to take a job? He has done the ultimate thing, and yes, okay, you've reached the top. That's the pinnacle, great. But all of a sudden, six months, eight months later, whatever it is, you're sacked. That 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 cannot be right in coaching and management because you've got nowhere to go. They've got the, the game. The game is not going to go anywhere now. <coughs> that, that, that's the precedent's been set a long time ago. The game, as far as coaching and management's concerned, it's almost as if you're, you're managing and coaching, or you're certainly managing at the top level to put yourself in a position to get a good payoff. That is the only way, and that cannot be right, Dave. It can never be right in the game. He was given a free pass, though, Ranieri. Like it wasn't like he was being asked to stay at the top. He wasn't being asked to, to remain remotely close to the top. He was all his brief was was to let's enjoy the Champions League ride and stay in the Premier League, which he was doing. He, how was he though? Yeah, but he got a two-one result out in Sevilla. No, the, I'm talking about the Premier League. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, obviously the they enjoyed League, yeah. the Champions League ride. They were one of four teams in the whole competition that won all three of their home games in the group stage. Yeah. So that was brilliant, and they demolished a couple of teams. But he wasn't going to keep them in the Premier League. He wasn't fulfilling the brief for this season, I, 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 which I, is just keep I, us as we'll, a Premier League. We'll never League know team. that. We'll never know that. But I, I do, I do think they would have had enough to stay up. Ultimately, I think when push comes to shove, those players would have had enough balls to get themselves out of the trouble that they, that they were actually in. And and I know that 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 change of fortune has gone a lot quicker. It's, it's been accelerated with the change in manager and Shakespeare coming in yes that's fine but I do believe that they would have had enough and I do think that Ranieri deserved the right to have um, deserved the right to to be given an opportunity to try and keep that side up and 
again, I go back to your point. I'll take, I'll take your point. Totally on board what you're saying. But as far as it is now, as far as it's going for young coaches, managers, particularly managers, you've basically got no chance. You've got lesser chance now as a player coming through, going to develop at, at football clubs. Um you've got less chance in management than you have at, at, of actually going turning into a player. That cannot be right. It cannot be right with what's happened to him this season. And that is well, where the game's gone. I have to admit, I admire your stance, despite the fact that they've won twice out of tw- two games yeah. in the Premier League. They've made it to the last eight of the Champions League. You're, rub- this... you're rubbing my nose in it, Dave. I'm not. Yeah. It's so easy for you to say, you know what, they were right. The three results since they sacked him vindicates the decision taken by the board and you still refuse to take that stance. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I don't, I have live a life without principles. You're sticking <laughs> to yours. Dave, don't so, give me I mean, that. Don't give that, me that, Dave. Don't, that do not even, be, don't even attempt to give me that. No. That has to be admired. I would, my position would have crumbled a long time ago if I was on the other side of this argument. No, I think you've just got to back, you've got to back yourself, Dave. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from, from the, this, I mean, credit Leicester, great performance, great result. I did, the, the, the lingering thing that's in my head just before we move off was you and I were sat in the taxi. We were, we were driving back to, to Birmingham after the game, listening to the Leicester phone-in. To BBC Radio Leicester. BBC yeah. Radio Leicester. Real local. It was. It was. It was funny. Some of the calls that was coming in, and I just remember that the, the, the parting shot from the presenter was, "Anyway, no matter what you say, we're one of the top eight clubs in Europe, and you can't take that away from us." That was his parting shot. So that that was that was quite. We good were fun listening, listening to, to the fairy tale. We yeah. really were. It's quite incredible what Leicester are going through over the last. Two I was saying, another thing, Dave. I've mentioned that. Do you remember the, the little kid that come up come up to us after the game? who was chatting away to us and things like this. And I was looking at that kid. He was in about a seven, eight year old boy. And I'm thinking, you will never have it better. He will never ever have it better in his whole no. life. He'll be an, he'll be an old man in seventy years time, hopefully. And and he'll look back and he'll be looking back and he'll be constantly talking about this memory that he's got he'll of seeing Leicester He'll be telling his grandkids about the year that Leicester got to the last eight of the European Cup. Yeah, or beyond. And they Dave. won't believe or him. Or beyond. They won't believe him. Yeah. They'll have to check the record books just to make sure it actually happened. No, it's incredible. So let's move on. We'll move on to another huge night last night. Man City. Manchester City. Manchester City, Monaco. Monaco, Manchester City, however you want to look at it. And I fancied Monaco. I, I I think we both felt they were going to score. I felt they were going to win on the night. I thought they might have had enough City just to get themselves through. But it didn't surprise me. It was the same again, Dave, wasn't it? The same performance they put in yeah. as they showed us at the Etihad when they probably shouldn't have lost that night. You and I were that f- at the first leg. And what a performance from them again last night, particularly in the first half. The first half was just electric. Monaco were brilliant in the first 45 minutes and they probably brought exactly what we thought. But I just thought City in the first half were so... They lacked purpose. They lacked a game plan. Yeah. And they, it almost like seemed like they just sat back and, allow, and allowed the first half to happen. That, that, that naivety has to change, Dave, with them. Do you think... It has to. Well, it, it, it should. It's crazy, But I don't know I, I still feel as though it's crazy. I will say that I thought City were brilliant in the second half. And when the tie was getting away from them, they played some really good attacking yeah. football. Aguero should have had at least one, if not two. Um, I thought Sane was class. Yeah. He made himself available. He the was a player in the time. first half, wasn't he, that was providing something yeah. on the break for them as well. But the Bruyne started to get into the game. And I thought of the 45 minutes as a whole, City were the better side. When the tie was really, when they were really up against it, City showed that they do have bottle and that they can play. Yeah. And what they'll be most angry about, despite an appalling first half, where they gave away two really well worked goals from a Monaco point of view, but terrible goals from a City point of view. They still got themselves back into a position where they were going to go through, yeah. and they and it was it wasn't like Monaco <coughs> played through them or hit them on the break or played the sort of ball over the top for Mbappe that 
gave them so many problems at the Etihad. It was a poxy free kick mm. from a wide area that you it, just. It need wasn't to even defend. a wide area. It was kind of like it was. It was halfway up the pitch, halfway up the, just the their own the half. Bloody yeah. free kick, and you're through to the quarterfinals. That's what will anger Manchester City fans the most. That despite a week to week level, him working with his team, there is zero sign of improvement. And there w- there's no sign that the most basic defensive tasks can be completed by this team. The manager is having no yeah. influence on his side when it comes to improving them as a team. Yeah, and he he would talk about um, positional sense. That's the one big thing that he, he will continue to talk about. Positional sense, i.e., when they've spread, when they've got when they they're in comfortable possession of the ball, as the ball's progressing further and further up the pitch, it's about trying to manufacture yourself into a position or trying to move yourself into a position from a defensive point of view that you're going to try and read certain situations that might so say the ball goes over your head you're in a position automatically mm. to go and, and, and win it you, you're, you're ahead of the game but they don't seem to be able to pick that up I don't see that coming from that and you know John Stone's got a lot of stick last night uh, on RTE and you'd have to say quite rightly so quite rightly so and I don't think he's been helped by Guardiola I think Guardiola's quite happy with what he's doing Guardiola's quite happy stepping in he's playing he was the one that was maybe starting their attacks going forward in the second half he continuously kept on running 30-40 yards with the ball yeah, the, the playing the ball forward. out of defence worked better last night it did but all of that's completely disconnected to the free kick I know it's irrelevant this there, is just it? set piece defending how much time do they spend on the training pitch defending set pieces I don't know 11 on 11 we all did it. I did it under eight all the way up to when I gave up playing soccer competitively at the age of 30. Yeah. We defended set pieces. We talked about whether we needed to mark zonally or whether we needed to take responsibility for the guy that was next yeah. to us and mark. And I don't but think it's that time-consuming, Dave. That. It's not. That's not time-consuming. 15 minutes at the end ground. of every session. So everyone knows. We were con- the team, real low, le- lower league team I was playing for, we were con- routinely conceding from headers at corners. Yeah. Because guys were not marking their men properly. So we decided to take the responsibility away from the individual mm. and put our four biggest players in the four most dangerous zones in around the six-yard box. Now, I know you don't necessarily agree with zonal defending. It's cost Liverpool over the last year, no, few years. I don't under, agree with it. I don't under agree Benitez, with it, no. in particular, zonal defending was yeah. their undoing a lot of the time. But it worked for us immediately. The number of goals yeah, it, we started conceding dropped I, significantly. Yeah, How much time do they spend at the Etihad training ground? At the city training ground, working on corner kicks and free kicks, defending. No, no, I, I, I don't imagine. Well, by the looks of it, it certainly doesn't look like they're spending. They were any queuing time. up to put that header in yeah. last night. I mean, going back to your zonal thing, it's not. I, I don't agree. I, I don't. Necess- I, I think there's more accountability at, at the top level when you when you're marking man to man marking. But I, I take your point. If if you work on the system and you and you are zonal marking and it's worked upon, it's been proven. I think Rafa Benitez is Liverpool side. We're excellent at it, and certain sides are excellent at man marking. It's however you do it. Don't have a problem with it essentially I just prefer to for man to man marking but there's not doesn't seem a structure with City City lined up with players just across the 18 yard box when they, when they were defending that free kick last night nobody has decided to take the responsibility and go I'll tell you what I'm going to stop him from running into a position it's mm. a free header eight yards out they're just and hoping for the best it is and that's the way it is consistently isn't it and it how can you continuously play games where you're hoping to get away with it? You're hoping, even even last night before when it was in the first half, before they'd scored uh, Monaco, nil nil, taking those chances, the way that they pressed against the Monaco, and you could see the manager uh, Leonardo Jardim from Monaco squeeze, squeeze high, squeeze high, go and press them, continuously seeing that ball played out to a centre half. The only option he's got, as we said it the other week, back to Caballero, Caballero into um, Fernandinho. Fernandinho gets caught. There's chances, and I just think. 
Why? Why do you need? You're away from home. You've got a two goal lead. How many sides have we seen over the years? You've got you've got your two goal lead from from a home. I know it's a five three, but two goal lead from your from your home tie. Go away and protect it. Protect mm. it defensively. Just, that's not in their, their the armory. Yeah, and what, but what's what's wrong with that though? That's professionalism. That is what that is what has got so many sides over the line so often over the years. And I look at someone a side like Atletico, and that might not necessarily be for the purists. It might not necessarily be a good watch at times. But I love watching them. I love seeing the structure of the side and how they'll pull together and how they'll work for each other and how they'll get the best out of each other. I don't see it with City. I don't see them actually trying for each other. I don't see them wanting yeah. to, to help your mate out if he's out of position. I don't think the goalkeeper helps either. No, Calviero was never going to command the, the 18-yard box like no. Hart would. I've never been Hart's biggest fan. But in terms of old-school English defending when it comes yeah. to the keeper coming out and taking free kicks and corner kicks you never see Caballero do that and if he does get there he goes with a fist he'll never attempt to catch it but he's been paid a fortune Pep Guardiola to improve that team and they're only improving on one side of the ball they're not improving on the defensive side of the ball and I just wonder he must he must have played whether it was with Barca whether it was with Spain whether it was with Brescia he's spent time in, in various different leagues obviously he would have spent a lot of time in the Bundesliga even if it was Philip Lamb or somebody, and now that he's retired, bring somebody in and pay them a fortune. City, the money's not an object for City to improve you defensively. Yeah. So bring like a... I'm not, look, I don't know who I have in my mind, but say Mascherano had retired two or three years ago. Pep, bring someone like him in. I want you to work, spend the last 15 minutes of every session defending corner kicks and free kicks. That's all you have to do. And if you bring the number of goals we can see from set pieces down by a certain percentage, we'll add a million to your annual salary. If it comes down by another 10%, we'll add another million. And the players would be delighted to engage in this kind of training, I would have thought, because they'll know it makes them a better team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. I, mean, I think that's more individualised training, isn't it? It doesn't look to me like Pep Guardiola... Um, would necessarily want to do that. I think he's got his very, very close-knit coaches. He has the two coaches um, alongside him on the bench, and, and it seems to be very, very tight. He'd, I, I think any sort of outside influence, I think he'd be almost, he'd feel as though that he's doubting himself or he could be undermined. From... All good managers know how to delegate. I agree with you. I, I, I think it's good management. I think the better managers are able to embrace an experienced professional, not necessarily be threatened by him as a player that's coming to the end of his career. Embrace change embrace other people different different sort of voices with uh, around your coaching staff as well i think it's always going to make you better and i think ultimately if you're getting the results you're considered a better manager anyway ultimately it's going to it's going to reflect better yeah. on you than anybody else of the six goals they conceded in the tie two of them were directly off free kicks and it's a it's a disgrace really from a manchester city <laughs> yeah. point of view the big news from today is that Ida crank has been sacked yeah. Um, Should he have kept his job? Are you backing him as you were Ranieri? He didn't win a Premier League last season, but he did win the Championship. I, I think they're in a different or position. Did they win the Championship? They came up in the they second came autom- yeah, automatic they came promotion up. Yeah, spot. they got yeah, promoted second, yeah. Um, I don't think they've done enough this season. I think they're on a they're on a slippery slope at the moment. They're not scoring goals, and that that's that's continuously... That's 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 not changed, sorry, because that's been continuously there from when they were get, even getting promoted from the championship. They weren't necessarily a side that was going to go and dominate teams and score a hatful of goals every week. What separates him from Dyche? Why did Dyche not get sacked, and why has Karanka been sacked? What's what's the difference? Yeah, it's a good shout. Um, I, I I certainly think financially, Middlesbrough are paying huge money, okay. a lot more money than what than what uh, Burnley were paying. They're in a 
in a position where they can afford to go down a little less than Burnley were. Yeah, and well, but well, Burnley when they got promoted, the wage structure uh, they were. I think they were the fourth lowest budget when they originally promoted. Uh, promoted it was it fourteen twenty fourteen. It didn't change. The 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 wages of the players perhaps doubled. But on the fourth lowest budget, they're probably doubling from four, six grand a week to 10, 12 grand a week. 20 grand a week would have been your top paid player. Whereas Middlesbrough, last season, they were paying championship players 30 and 40 grand a week. So you look at it like that, lads are getting promoted then. They're probably getting a a 25% increase on the wages. So the whole structure of, of Middlesbrough is more dependent on, on wages and things like this. So I think you can, maybe from that sort of side of it, you can see... Why? Um, why that decision has been made, and I think they probably need they need a spark because they're not scoring goals, as I said before. But also they look poor defensively, which is something that Karanka was excellent at. He was so good at setting up sides to be to do- grind out and dog out a one nil win. They can't do it now, and they're not able to do it because I don't think I don't think they've got enough pace defensively, and sides at the top have, have been hurting them continuously, particularly over the last couple of months, and the run that they're on has been dreadful, and that's why. I think it, I, I do feel as though it's a different scenario because I think what he has actually achieved, Ranieri, was way above mm. what Karanka has achieved. You mentioned the Dice. I think Dice is on a different level, certainly financially as well. So who's going to come in? That's a tough job now. Well, it looks. It, I looked at um, even some of the ones in the Championship that have gone uh, this week. McLaren sacked immediately. Rowett comes in, so they're done. When they, when they're done at this stage of the season. Steve Gibson's been around enough now, the Middlesbrough chairman, to realise that he needs to get a spark straight away. So I, I can't imagine him delaying too long. I, I sure, I'm convinced he would have spoken to someone, perhaps even two managers in the last few weeks, if he was considering it. And I think it's, I think it could be one of those that could be just done. Next couple of days, manager done. If it's not, then you're probably going from within. But I doubt it's, it, he's not acted on a whim here. I don't think it's one of those decisions where he's thought... We're at the end of our tether. We need to make that change mm. now because that usually happens after a game. When a game's gone on, so you, you kind of a little bit emotive. You, you're making a decision off the back of something that's gone wrong. He's had a lot of time to reflect on the weekend. He played City at the weekend, didn't he, in the cup? So he's had a lot of time to reflect upon that. And I think he feels as though with how many day, how many games we've got now, Dave? Played 27. Yeah, so we've got nine games left. He feels as though he's going to give a manager enough time in those nine games to get enough points, and I think that's why he'll. Do, I think that's why he's done it. Yeah, not many candidates. I mean, Hull, Swansea, Leicester, and Palace have all sacked a manager in the last three months. That's four guys that maybe might, maybe not to lesser extent yeah. Shakespeare, but certainly mm. the other three, Clement, Allardyce, and uh, Silva, might have been guys who were who were on the the, the wish list of some on chairman. the radar. You would have thought Allardyce particularly, yes, yeah, definitely. So I don't know where he's going to I go think, with. I think he's probably looked at those clubs though as well, Dave. He's seen the impact that Clement had. He's seen the impact that Silva's had. Sam Allardyce has been a little um, longer it's been slower, coming. Yeah. It's been a slower, slower process, hasn't it? But um, I think that's why he's acted, Steve Gibson, because of those sides that have got the results. And he probably feels as though I need something, I need a spark. Whether or not David Moyes, if if it continues for him as well, he could be in that same boat. But it doesn't look like Ellis Short is is um, is maybe in that position. But you know, we know the way it is. If if a manager uh, manager at the moment, they're um, that's your phone gone. Maybe they maybe you're the, a potential uh, candidate no, at the Riverside. I don't, I don't think you're so. at. Um, we've got three of the four sides chasing Chelsea on off the ball live and off the ball this weekend we've got Tottenham Southampton at 2.30 it's a specially extended edition of off the ball this Sunday I'm at White Hart Lane with Gary Breen for Tottenham Southampton and then you're probably the game of the weekend Manchester City hosting Liverpool yeah. that's at half four yourself and Nathan at the Etihad Stadium obviously City are reeling for what happened in Monte Carlo on Wednesday evening and Liverpool's record against the top six sides has been so good despite them being away from home are they favourites for this game maybe? 
Is that a bit of a stretch? Well, they probably won't be favourites probably in the bookies, but I understand what you're saying. They've, they've, the way that they've played against the top six sides, it, you're almost saying the way they've played this season, you couldn't back against Liverpool losing the game. Liverpool, you, you could back Liverpool and the draw, you're probably going to get better, or you, you would do, you get better odds than, than, than backing City in the draw. So I think... Liverpool with a goal start in the game, you're probably going to be odds on for that. But I think you're looking at they're looking at a decent bet from that sort of side of it. The way that Liverpool have gone this season, Liverpool caused problems for City when they played against them early on at, uh, early on this season at Anfield. So, so yeah, I, I'd fancy Liverpool not to get beat in the match. I would. I think the way that they've been they've been playing against those sides. If you're playing against one of the bottom sides like they did against Burnley last week, and you're looking, it's not great. It's find it difficult to break down sides when they play a bit deep. But we. <laughs> I could tell you now how City are going to play. You could, you, you could. We, we, we know exactly how it's going to be, don't we? So Liverpool hurt sides when they play open and expansive like that. They press them high. They'll, they'll try and win the ball back um, in Liverpool's, uh, sorry, in City's uh, final third. I think that'll cause problems for City. I think I'd actually back Liverpool to win the game, yeah. But I, I think. Um, I think Liverpool and the draw will be a good bet this weekend, yeah. OK, well, that's live half four of the Etihad Stadium. We're on till seven on Sunday. Uh, we're on air at midday, of course, with the newspaper around, or the newspaper review with Joe. Stephen Kenny, actually, Dundalk manager, just joining us this Sunday afternoon. Any other business? Anything you want to get off your I chest just, I do want to say that Slavin Bilic has actually agreed with you as well. I, I read that earlier on. Slavin Bilic regarding Ranieri. He said the sacking of Ranieri has been justified. That's a fellow manager, Dave. So, there you go. Yeah. So, anything else myself and Slavin have in common? I'm not sure. No, you've not had hair transplants yet, Dave. Like no. Slavin, no. So. We both have a similar amount of hair, and we've definitely both feigned injury in a bit to get an opponent sent off. Yeah, have you never smoked at half time? I remember Bilic when I played against him against <laughs> Croatia a few years ago. He came off. At I half was time. never a smoker. He was smoking at half time. Bilic, yeah. Fair play. There you go. That has been the Friday Football Podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. We Dave. are recording this on Thursday. As I yeah. speak, I don't know when we're going to troll this up. Probably, we're recording probably probably Thursday, this that's why we, we could have added Liverpool to it. Uh, sorry, uh, Man United to it against Rostov. That's the one of the things we can't add this week. Ah, they'll so go through. We'll see. Will, will they? They'll go through. Will they? Oh, we'll see. It could be, it could be a, a disaster for Manchester in Europe this week. It could it be. It could be. Chat to you next week. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you stop. like. What a stop! Chance for Ben! Oh! Oh! Jordan Ben! Yes! Jordan Ben! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it, it's been, we're, be, we're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance, flat. No. Well, I mean, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he, he, say something... We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up, fire it up, when we finally turn it over.